I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Comes it Molyneux catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. And welcome back to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. My name is Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. LJ, what a week. What a weekend. What an amazing series that we just witnessed. And on today's show, we've got Talia McGrath, one of the stars of the ODI series, to join us and wrap up wrap up one hell of a series that I think we can speak for all of the fans out there. It was an absolute treat to watch. Yeah, we couldn't have asked for a better start to the international summer of cricket, I don't think. The series is absolutely alive, which we didn't necessarily think was going to be the case after that first one day, which was a a really one-sided affair for Australia, but the second and third definitely delivered. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. That innings from Beth Mooney, I think, yeah, it was just one of the all-time, all-time great ODI knocks from Beth with help from Talia McGrath and Nicola Carey along the way to help Australia to victory in the most dramatic circumstances. Like, that last over, it was absolutely mental. We had it all. There were beamers, no balls, manically sprinted singles, and then India was called to win, and then the no ball, and then Australia won. So if you haven't seen it, we can definitely recommend going to cricket.com.au to watch the the highlights, particularly of that final over, because it was absolute scenes. And if we thought that was crazy, then it was on to the third, where Australia had a bit of an early wobble, ended up setting India their highest ever run chase if they wanted to win. Incredibly, we saw it go down to the final over with Julan Goswami hitting the winning runs and finally ending Australia's remarkable run of 26 ODI victories. Yeah, so, I mean, the streak, it was... It was always going to come to an end. All good things come to an end. And I think maybe for the team, it's not the worst result. I mean, what, was it just meant to go on until the World Cup and they have a, this never-ending streak and this never-ending monkey on their back that they just have to continually keep talking about? I mean, I think they might they might not be too disappointed that it's, it's, it's over. Yeah, I think this Australian team is so competitive that they're gutted with any loss they have, but they've done it. They've set a world record. It's probably not going to be broken, at least not for a very long time. And it did just mean every time they won, the narrative was just the streak, the streak, the streak. You don't really want that going into a World Cup you and you don't want the streak ending in a World Cup because that that loss was always going to have this extra emphasis placed on it that was a little out of proportion to the actual situation. So I think it's a chance for Australia to reset. They've got three more ODIs before the World Cup. Clean slate and let's not forget they had an incredible few years to look back on. Correct. It was an absolutely incredible run and especially from a fan perspective of course we love to see Australia win 
But we also love to see competitive cricket. And I think what we saw in that second and third ODIs, that's what international cricket's all about. And I think that was just, it was great to see Australia tested and I think they would have really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, when you look back at some of the series they've played, it had been two years since they'd actually been tested in the one-day format. They had really easy series wins over the Windies, Sri Lanka, New Zealand. And it wasn't since the 2019 Ashes that they'd had close one-dayers, really. And if you're going to World Cup, you want to know how you stack up against the best sides in the world. And they had no form to go on against anyone but New Zealand for the last two years. So now they've got a gauge against India. They'll get a chance to have a look at England, who scored about 350 against New Zealand overnight and it's shaping up to be a very exciting World Cup. Definitely, definitely. And what do you think, LJ, from your perspective, what do you think some of the the positives for Australia that they'll take out of that series? I mean, it was great to see some emerging stars get a real run on the big stage. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that Australia were with, were missing Megan Shoot, Jess Jonathan, Taylor Valemic, and in the back half of the, the ODI series, Georgia Wareham. So they were far from full strength. So the, I think the positives were seeing the bench strength come to the fore with Talia McGrath mm-hmm. abs- absolutely grasping her chance. Yeah. And Beth Mooney rising to the occasion when she got promoted to opener at the last minute. Plus the emergence of those young quicks. Yeah, Awesome yeah. to see Stella, Hannah and Darcy all um, making a real impact and Annabelle Sutherland too, making the most of her recall. Yeah, 100%. That's what we love to see, those young those young players. We've seen them do it in the WBBL, now to, to see them do it in the green and gold. So exciting for fans. But it wasn't, all, it wasn't all good for the Aussies. I mean, there were a few injuries to boot, which was not ideal. So we saw Rachel Haynes come off the field in the third ODI as well as uh, Beth Mooney. Georgia Wareham had a bit of a quad complaint. So... Lots to think about for the medical staff heading into the, the day-night test match. Yeah, and another thing they'll want to look at is the accuracy of the bowling. Mm. I know Elisa Healy said that's the risk when you're trying to bowl swing or the ball is swinging with Mitch standing up to the stumps. Yeah. But I think there were 87 extras in three games, including <laughs> 67 wides, which is just not international standard and it's not the standard this Australian team would set for themselves. So not so much a concern for a test match, necessarily Mm. but absolutely for the t20s you just can't afford to give away runs like that yeah i think the coaching staff will definitely be hoping to address that in the couple of days leading into the test and onto that day night test match this series is brilliantly poised australia have a 4-2 lead in the multi-format series heading into the test and there's there's already been a bit of speculation around who fits into this 11 for the test match and even more so with a few injuries around so we know taylor valemic is out Georgia Wareham's got that quad issue, so who knows if she'll be fit. Rachel Haynes and Beth Mooney, hopefully they, we can see them coming back into the team. And Sophie Molyneux, how about how about that tape wrapping, wrapping around her face in that third, third ODR? I think every Aussie loved to see that. That was just gutsy from her. Yeah, an absolute warrior. Hopefully it is just a few stitches and she is able to come up for that test match because she was... So impressive in Taunton in 2019 and think she can play a really big role in a test match, particularly with the ball. So hopefully she does come up. Huge decisions to be made by the selectors. Mm -hmm. I think seeing Darcy Brown rested for that last ODI may have been a a good indication that she will get a nod for a baggy green. But some big decisions to be made. Annabelle Sutherland definitely put up her hand with that performance on Sunday. She, Talia McGrath possibly fighting it out for a spot. And Beth Mooney seemed very precautionary her coming off the Mm. ground, but Rach Haynes a bit more serious. Yeah, I know. It's not, not ideal. I mean, so in the absence of Rachel Haynes, who is one of Australia's 
specialist batters, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see if they decide to take up that all-rounder position and get another all-rounder in the team, or do we get someone like Georgia Redmayne, who's a specialist batter, who's proven her, her competence in this format? Do we get her? Do we get her in the test side, and do we see her making her de- test debut? I think from a batting perspective, I'd love to see Georgia get the nod because she is the best batter out of those options ahead of the all-rounders. And if you're losing a Rachel Haynes from your team, I think you need to go with the best possible batter. But when you think about the issues Elise Perry's had with the ball and we won't necessarily be able to know what we'll get from her in the test match, Mm -hmm. hopefully she gets enough overs to find her rhythm again. But if there is a a question mark over how much she'll bowl in the test, then maybe they do have to go with the extra all-rounder. Very interesting questions, and we cannot wait for the test match. I think it's probably going to be, well, I hope it's going to be the highlight of this multi-format series. We saw what the ball was doing doing in Mackay in that day-night ODI, so I think this day-night test match at Metricon Stadium is just going to be a real spectacle. So that starts on Thursday. Make sure you tune into that one. I think we're going to be on Channel 7, Foxtel and KO Sports, of course, and you can catch the highlights and all the news on cricket.com.au. And onto the WBBL front, LJ, which is very rapidly approaching. I think we're two weeks away on Thursday. Got some uh, very exciting news come through uh, earlier this week, which we've got some got some Indians coming. We've finally got some Indians playing in the WBBL, so we haven't seen them since WBBL 04, but, I mean, they're in the country. They had to play. Absolutely, and what an addition they're going to be. The Sydney teams are the first two to have made announcements, so we've got Shivali Verma and Radha Yadav headed to the Sixers, which had been pretty widely rumoured for a few months now, and the exciting news that Schmidt Mandana and... Deepthi Sharma will be wearing the Thunder Lime Green this season. So, so exciting. And in some not-so-positive news, we had uh, we had Shabnim Ismail, unfortunately, injured her knee playing for South Africa, so she won't be making the journey across to Australia this season. And Lizelle Lee, also, she was uh, slated to play for the Hurricanes, but she's unfortunately pulled out as well. So maybe that's an opportunity for those clubs to sign some even more Indian players. And I think they had a, a pretty good look at a few of them, like Richard Gosh, over the fu- over the course of the ODIs, and may have caught the attention of a few of these clubs who've had a few late withdrawals. So I think we'll see some some more big signings coming. Let's hope so. Very exciting couple of months coming up. Thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoy our chat with Talia McGrath. And welcome to the show, Talia McGrath. Thank you for joining us to wrap up an incredible three ODIs. Firstly. How are you feeling? How's the team feeling? Has everyone's heart rates come down yet? Yeah, what a series. Um, What a series for women's cricket. It's been an incredible series with a couple of really close games. Um, It was really nice to reflect last night on the series and and the 21 win streak. So uh, while we were disappointed with the last game, um, it was just, yeah, like I said, an incredible series. And so... First things first, that second one day was just an instant classic. You came out at four for 52 alongside Beth Mooney and put on 74 runs, which kept Australia in the hunt. How were you feeling heading out to bat and, and were you feeling nervous or anything? Um, I was a little bit nervous, but heading out, the Indians were up and about um, and the crowd, the crowd was up and about as well. So um, it was just about absorbing the pressure early with Moons and then from there, I was lucky enough to get a few um, out of the middle and that sort of started my innings. So, um, yeah, in that situation, I was sort of left with no choice but to play that way. And luckily it came off and luckily Moons and Nick brought it home for us. So it was an 
pretty special win to be a part of. Yeah, it was bloody unreal. And there was a huge reaction from fans across the world, including Hugh Jackman. Did you guys get a sense of that from the, the fans just absolutely loved it and family and friends, were they up and about as well? Yeah, I think everyone's phones were blowing up. It was all over social media <laughs> and, and we're, the Hugh Jackman thing was very cool. <laughs> the Moons was uh, pretty starstruck by that and we were all commenting on it. So um, awesome response from the crowd. But there was quite a few people that mentioned they turned off when they saw the no ball and then woke up to see that we'd won. So that was... Um, oh, what? <laughs> that, ...that turned off the TV. But, yeah, what a game. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of Beth Mooney, um, the one of the heroes of the night, and I know you mentioned the other day she was doing some maths out there. Can you talk us through that knock from Moons and what it was like being out there with her? She was awesome for me. She was just so calm, level-headed, and literally talked me through the whole innings. Um, yeah, she was my calculator. After every over, she'd tell me the run rate, how we were going, setting little targets. So I don't know how she kept the concentration um, and I mean, to be out there for the whole 100 overs was absolutely incredible by her. And, um, yeah, like I said, she really helped me with my innings and, and made me stay calm. So um, pretty special knock from her. Yeah, from your perspective, was that innings from Moons one of the best you've ever seen? And is it just does it kind of just sum up her as a player that she just gets it done, knuckles down and does what the team needs? Without a doubt, one of the best innings I've ever seen. Um, and, yeah, I was lucky enough to be out in the middle with her for a lot of it. Um, and just the way... She went about it. She was so calm. The way she articulated it um, was just super impressive. And, I mean, she really is one of the best players in the world. But after that knock, she's certainly right up there and, and quite lucky that, that she's on my side. So, um, yeah, big shout-out to Moons. There's a lot of talk on social media. I think Meg got interviewed at one point during the game and she said the plan was to score at nine and over through the last ten overs, which had a lot of people around the world in awe, I think. Do you think the WBBL and competitions like that have prepared this team to be able to come out there and score at that rate in a run chase? Absolutely. We've got a lot of um, belief in our, our ability and our batting lineup. We've got an incredible lineup and you could literally flip the lineup back to front and you'd still perform. Yeah. So we knew that if we gave ourselves a chance and yeah, Moon sort of came up with that nine and over in the last last 10 would give ourselves every chance of winning and from there it was about as well giving us um, some wickets in hand so that we could play with that freedom and yeah like you said the big bash has been instrumental in that confidence and that freedom and and then yeah just down to the fearless and self-belief so um, while it might sound daunting to some nine and over we were quite confident with that and um, yeah it came off for us. And what was the reaction like within the dressing rooms after that match? Did everyone just get around Moons, get around yourself and Nick? Was it a pretty special thing to be a part of? It was so special. The last over was so tense. It was a whole range of emotions. Thought we'd lost and we'd won. Oh, some people could watch. Um, and then, yeah, after the game, everyone was just on the beast high, um, getting up yeah. to each other, straight up to Moon, straight up to Nick, all the support staff, all the team. It was so special. And, and yeah, belted out the song after the game. So incredibly exciting game and because it was a day night game it took everyone a while to get to sleep that night yeah, just the I bet. <laughs> <laughs> no that feeling and we heard Moddy had a bit of a word in your ear as you were heading out to bat what was it he said to you yeah I was sort of sitting on the sideline next to um Ash and I think it was Soph and he sort of turned around and made a comment to all three of us a lot something along the lines of um this is your guys' opportunity. We've obviously got such a formidable top order that that make bulk of the runs and it's so nice that they do all the work. Mm. But, um, yeah, that was our opportunity to step up and um, 
get some runs done. And Moddy and Meg have been awesome with that, just showing that self-belief and um, really backing all of their players in. So sitting on the sidelines, hearing that and hearing everyone's belief in me and the team just really makes the job easier when you get out there and you're in the middle. And then if the second ODI wasn't enough, you followed it up with a thrilling third ODI yesterday. Obviously, it's never ideal to lose. But within the team, was there a sense that this has really fired up, fired up the team and fired up the series ahead of the day-night test? Yeah, absolutely. We reflected after the game that um, while we lost and while we were really disappointed, we were so proud of our fight and never giving up. At one stage there, we were we were out of it and they looked like um, sort of knocking off the runs in the 42nd-ish over. So the way we fought back, the way Belzy came back with the ball, some incredible catches in the field, um, just that never give up and yeah. almost got over the line. So really proud of that. And um sets up a really exciting series with the day-night test match coming up next, which I'm sure is going to be an absolute cracker. And you obviously had a good time with the bat and the ball during the series. Was it pleasing for you to get an opportunity after being on on the sidelines a lot lately? I absolutely love the opportunity. Um, It's the best side in the world for a reason and it's so hard to crack into that um, when you get your opportunity you've just got to relax and take it and I've been I've been waiting a while for the opportunity um, but at the same time I've been pretty lucky that I've been in some MPS squads some Aussie A tours so I've been in and around it on some training camps so um, whilst I've been around the squad and around the, the system um, it's just yeah really nice to get out on the field and, and be back in uh, playing international cricket. And T-Mac, it's obviously one thing to be hitting them well and bowling well in the nets, but to come out and do it on the big stage is, an, is another matter completely. How do you prepare for those pressure moments? Is that something that the WBBL and your work with the strikers has really helped you with? It's really hard to replicate those moments and train for, um, especially with a really interrupted pre-season we had. Um, so, yeah, it's just drawing on that experience. Experience is extremely valuable. And and while I haven't had a lot of experience at international cricket, I have played a lot of big bash, a lot of WNCL. So, yeah, it's just drawing on that, um, backing my own ability and, and that self-belief. So, um, yeah, luckily enough, it had a few good games and, and it came off. It's obviously been quite a journey for you from making your debut back in 2016 through to today and hasn't always been injury um, hasn't always been easy with injuries and different things. Can you tell us a bit about um, that journey and how you feel now compared to where you were a few years ago? It's certainly been a roller coaster of a journey to uh, debut back in 2016 and then sort of be in and out of the squad a couple of injuries along the way there's been some highs there's been some lows um, but I think that that's all contributed to the journey and it's made me go back it's made me work harder um, it's the taste of it early made me want to get back to that level a lot um, so I wouldn't change the journey for anything it's it's been good and, and where I'm sitting at the moment I can look back on that and, and all that hard work is starting to pay off so hopefully for me it's just the start of um, a long international career. And I know you've talked about this before but there was a point at which you weren't very happy with your bowling and you considered giving it away altogether. Can you tell us what changed and, and how you got back? There was a um, couple of stress fractures, um, kept creeping up, probably took me about two years to really believe in my body and just back my back really. So, um, and then once I was back bowling, I probably wasn't bowling the best. And there was a time there where I sort of questioned giving it away and um, just focusing on my batting, but thankfully I stuck with it. Um, I just love cricket. I love being an all rounder and getting involved in the game. So um, some coaches, some discussions with 
co- uh, bowling coaches, um, some hard work in the nets. Um, and yeah, we're back to bowling again. So hopefully that continues. You mentioned, Talia, that you questioned it and not like what made you back yourself? What made you stick with it? Um, the, the main point for me was when I questioned it was an Oz A tour over in England and it was sort of our first game and I got absolutely pumped and it sort of made me, I mean, it's never easy when you don't do well, but it really, really questioned um, if I was good enough to bowl at that level. Um, and so, yeah, but it's all searching, bit of um, bit of hard work. And I mean, I've got so much, um, such a good support network around me and um, just talking through it, backing myself. And I can't really put my finger on what, why, but yeah, I just found a way and um, yeah, lucky to be back bowling and, and confident in my body again. And just going back to the the end of the match yesterday, what were the messages from Moddy and Meg? Uh, was there a bit of chat about the streak ending or or is it more about just looking ahead to the rest of this series? More so looking ahead to the rest of the series. Um, straight after the game, that was the chat. And then last night we sort of got together as a team and it was pretty cool to look back on that record, which is something that is pretty impressive and has gone on for a long time um, and probably hasn't really sunk into the group how much of an impressive feat that was. So, um, yeah, a bit of both in the messages after the game, but uh, more so just looking forward to the rest of the series and hopefully we can turn it around and have a good test match and then lead into the T20s. And how about Sophie Molyneux? How was she feeling last night and this morning? Is she pulled up okay? <laughs> what a trooper. We um, <laughs> highlighted that straight after the game that um, we had that many injuries. The, the doc was super busy. And for Sophie to <laughs> have such a nasty blow like that, quickly go off, come back on. There was a few um, <laughs>, laughs and giggles when she came back on the field. But seriously, that just sums up how tough she is and how tough this side is to have the ball in hand again and play a part. She was straight off to the hospital after the game and, and then joined oh, us no. later in the team room with some uh, <laughs> with a nice little um, covering up the, the scar. But, yeah, she was awesome and um, hopefully she's she's right to go from there. Have you ever seen anyone come back onto the field after an injury like that? No, I haven't. It was very interesting. <laughs> I saw her at the same time Midge did and we both looked at each other and started laughing. There's nothing else you can do for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even know how you'd bowl with that on your I'd, face. I'd be in tears. <laughs> just incredible. And aside from the cricket, how was it up in Mackay? Was it a bit of a different place to go on tour? It was very hot up here, very muggy. That sort of caught us out a little bit. Um, I've been up here a few times with the Big Bash and the Strikers and it's such a nice place to come to, just so relaxing. Um, and the locals up here are amazing. So um, hopefully there's some more <laughs> cricket up in Mackay to come. I'm a bit disappointed that the strikers aren't up here for Big Bash this year, but, um, yeah, very nice place to come, very nice place to play cricket. And, Tali, we know you're a bit of a Netflix Netflix fan. Have you got any recommendations of things that you've been watching lately that you'd like to share with us and our listeners? <laughs> um, do my, don't mind a bit of Netflix. Um, I'm actually searching for a suggestion at the moment. I haven't watched too much lately. I don't mind a good doco. Um, yeah. Don't mind a good rom-com. Um, the odd series so um, nothing major of late but I'm definitely looking for a suggestion of something that I can binge pretty hard all right hopefully the fans can uh she does something to pass on to you (laughs) and we're seeing a a next generation of players emerging in this Australian side and it's also been evident on social media with uh the antics of Maitland Brown 
Hannah Darlington and Stella Campbell. Is that something you're going to get involved in? No chance. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're doing a good job, but sort of that dancing side of it, I'll just leave it to them. They're doing a good job of it um, and it's pretty entertaining with the likes of those those guys on tour. Well, do they just do they just go for a walk on, around the streets and decide this is, this looks like a good spot to do a TikTok dance? Let's let's film it. Pretty much. That's um, one. The other day they were driving somewhere, saw a massive banana on the side of the road, and the first thing that came <laughs> into their mind is let's pull over and do a TikTok. So I don't know how that comes. Out, <laughs> but it makes, good, makes good content. So. <laughs> Love it. love it. So down in the Gold Coast now where I guess the focus is switching to the pink ball and the test, what changes, if anything, in terms of training and preparation for the team? I don't think a whole lot changes. Um, we were lucky in the pre-season to get sent a few pink balls, so I was bowling with them down at Saka and, um, yeah, just learning sort of how the pink ball behaves and how to sort of approach a test match but um in terms of we've got three day turnaround now and i don't think too much changes and um is still a game of cricket there's still bat v ball contest and um just more so the tactics will come into it so um i'm sure we'll speak about that in team meetings um and and yeah go from there and you were presented with your baggy green back in 2017 what would it mean to run out again at in on metricon stadium with that baggy green on your head this year it would be incredible to put that baggy green on again back in yeah 2017 that's it's been my career highlight today the test debut and putting that baggy green on it's something that that every kid dreams of and is the pinnacle of cricket so um it's exciting to see two test matches in the calendar this year and i hope there's many more to come um and yeah just to be a part of another a test match and the day night against india it's going to be extremely special so hopefully i get the opportunity to um play in the 11 and put that baggy green back on because it's collecting a bit of dust at the moment. <laughs> I know it's been four years since that test match, but you are one of the few in this squad who's played a pink ball test before. Will you have any advice for the other bowlers about how it might behave differently from your traditional red ball? Oh, I have to think back, maybe watch some footage from that test match. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one that we don't have a lot of experience Um I don't think there's even been much cricket played at Metricon, so that goes into it as well. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly something that's going to be more so how we adjust and how we adapt. So um, hopefully we can do that and hopefully um, get some good results with the pink ball. Do you do you love playing test cricket and is something is it, is it a format that you think suits your game? I absolutely love playing test cricket. I, yeah, I definitely think it suits my game. Um, I've had to work really hard at my game lately on trying to be more aggressive, more attacking. So um, going back, well, I mean, you can still be aggressive and attacking with test cricket, but uh, yeah, I definitely think that suits my game and, and being patient with the ball and really hopefully swinging the ball and, and setting batters up. So it's the true test of cricket um, and it's a format that I love. And now it's time for our final segment, which is presented by Weber, who have jumped on board this season for the Weber WBBL. So we've been asking all of our guests, who are your three dream barbecue guests that you'd have over? Okay, good question. I'm going to go with my first one, my childhood soccer idol, Thierry Henry. Played for Arsenal, he's the first one. Yeah. Not many people might know who he is, but he's number one. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, number two, I'll go... Well, this is actually pretty hard to think about. <laughs> anyone. Anyone. It can be absolutely anyone. It can be your best mate. Yeah. Anyone. 
No. Who said the Queen? Stella Campbell said the Queen of England. Yeah. That's a bad one. <laughs> Imagine Stella chatting to the Queen. <laughs> um, number two, we'll go, let's go Justin Bieber. Um, Huge. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Um, yeah. And then third one, it's a pretty good crew so far. Um, That's a good party. Maybe an actress. Let's go Rebel Wilson. That'd be entertaining. That would be really fun. There's a yeah, good that would be a great barbecue. Sport music. You bring the last. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I reckon that's the that's the winner so far. I that's would. the best crew. <laughs> who do you reckon? Who who would you want on the tools? Who would you want to be controlling the Weber barbecue? Rebel Wilson. She'd yeah. In charge. She'd have it under control. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how do you how do you rate your own cooking skills? Are you much of a, a chef? Not really. Pretty average, to be fair. So. It's definitely not going to be me on the tools on the Barbie. Is anyone in the team like a particularly good cook or fancies himself as a bit of a chef? Maitland Brown is an exceptional cook. Um, she's been. Oh, what doesn't she do? Exactly right. She's <laughs> been putting a fair bit on her social media lately, and um, yeah, yeah, I reckon there's a career that she's got. She could be a chef. She could be a designer. She could be TikTok. She's got. She's got a. <laughs> Very talented. How does person. she find all the time? All right. Well, thank you so much, Talia, for joining us, and thank you, thank you for putting on three incredible ODIs. As I think we can speak for all the fans, we absolutely loved watching it, and we cannot wait for the day-night test at Metricon Stadium. It's going to be epic. Thanks so much, T Mac. No worries, guys. Thank you. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.